coming to you from a cozy little condo high atop old Fort Ward, Atlanta. Welcome, Welcome to The Ron Show on America One Radio. Here's your host, Ron Roberts. And a happy Thursday to you. I say that, and yet I just got through driving Atlanta traffic. Atlanta traffic will just put you in a mood. If you are in a good mood, it'll put you in another one. If you're in a bad mood, it'll make it worse. Oh, my gosh. So I had to go show a house in East Point today. By the way, nice subdivisions popping up in East Point. I was impressed. $430,000 house that would cost like six seventy five dollars if it were in, say, Roswell or Cobb. Anyway, I'm getting off topic. So today's kind of one of those days we awaken and we got a taste of the haze that has choked the Northeast Corridor all the way up from the wildfires in Nova Scotia, but it ain't nearly as bad as it is up Northeast, obviously because of proximity. Thank goodness. Uh, it's my understanding, by the way, that it could even get worse in the Midwest in the next day or two as winds shift a little bit. I, I, I tried to find history of this where we've had major sporting events canceled because of smoke. And I'm having, especially with Major League Baseball, I'm having a hard time finding it. So two Major League Baseball games held in outdoor venues, uh, Philadelphia and in the Bronx, New York, were canceled because of the air quality. Is this the new normal? I don't know. Uh, I'd like to hope not. It felt very dystopian. Remember the uh, TV show that Fox rolled out? I don't know how long it stayed on the air. Terra Nova. Do you remember Terra Nova? The basis of Terra Nova was that uh, somewhere in the future, I think this show was on like three or four years ago, somewhere in the future, uh, civilization realized that the air quality was unlivable on the planet Earth anymore, but they had figured out a way to time travel back, not forward, but back, and they were going to send humans back in time to a prehistoric era, I guess, to start society anew again. I'm really doing a piss poor job explaining this show. But, and, and honestly, they did a piss poor job writing the show. It didn't last very long is what I'm saying. But man, Fox was all over Terra Nova. I don't know if you remember that rollout. It was huge. It was the show. Everybody was fixated on watching. And then it died a quick death. Anyway, the the show starts, literally starts with a scene in a major city, I can't remember which city it is, where the sky is orange and the air is smoggy and everybody's having to wear masks and filters, et cetera, and so on, just to go between buildings to get to and from work or home, et cetera, and so on. And that's why human society is looking for another way to live on Earth. Earth of the past. That's what the air looks like in the Northeast. I was seeing, and I'm sure some of you were as well, seeing photos on social media of the orange skies and the smoggy air. And you were thinking, this looks dystopian. This is like Mad Max sort of stuff, like post-apocalyptic dust bowl sort of stuff. No, it's today. It's now. And this happened on the West Coast in 2020. And I do believe that there is such a thing in American media as East Coast bias. Because I feel like we're making a whole lot more noise about this now than we were when this 
was happening on the West Coast. And, and 2020 wasn't the first time. Of course, California and the West Coast have been dealing with wildfires for, for many years now. But we're really hearing a lot about it now because, well, it hit New York. New York's the largest city in the country. It's the media center of the universe. And so uh, I think New York's air quality was worse than any other city other than, was it Jakarta, Indonesia? Was it a country, a, a city in India, maybe? Nonetheless, we're hearing about it and we're seeing it. A friend of mine is visiting uh, New Jersey, Secaucus, and he posted a photo from Secaucus. It's, it's just awful. I mean, it's outside New York anyway. A friend of mine lives in Washington, D.C. It's in Washington, D.C. That very dystopian, orange, hazy sky. It's, it's just surreal. It's, it's crazy times. And I can't tell you how many times I see on social media like Twitter or Facebook, well, it's a Canadian wildfire. This is their fault. Um, <laughs> it's not like the Canadians started the wildfire. I don't think the Nova Scotians are terribly irresponsible people in general. It's, it's humans. It's all of us. We've all done this. We're all guilty of this. I'm going through the process just in my own condominium of trying to consume less electricity which has an impact on the carbon footprint because Georgia's still a fossil fuel-driven energy sector. And even I'm trying to back off what I'm using just a little bit, mostly because Georgia Power is going to raise their rates this summer. What they say, like 12 15%? We were going to see like a boost. And yeah, I'm just trying to save money, honestly. So my thermostat's sitting at like 74 when I'm home. Go to bed, I'll put it down to 73, 72. I don't know what your thermostat's at, but I I am. I'm trying to do a a little. And I'm sort of naturally cold-natured anyway. Like, I go out to restaurants or uh, sports bars or wherever, and I realize quickly, man, we're addicted, y'all. Addicted to air conditioning in the South. Addicted. It's It's like if you like sweet tea. Like, I like tea to an extent. I like it to be somewhat sweet, but some people really like their tea ridiculously sweet, right? Some sweet teas you just can't, you can't taste. It's it's disgusting. It's too sweet. It's like licking a battery. Some air conditioning, some places of business love their air conditioning way too much. And I sometimes want to just sit out on the patio. I'm one of those people. I like sitting on the patio even in in the hottest time of year because the air conditioning y'all we are addicted to it just flat out addicted to it so i probably keep my thermostat a little warmer than most people do but that's just me i'm also you know approaching 50 years of age um sort of of slenderish build i tell people all the time if you want to imagine what i look like naked and who does let's be honest Remember Roger the Alien from American Dad? You know, the the bald head, the slender build except for the belly. Yeah. (laughs) And yes, yes, fellas, I am single. Hit me up. The uh, studio line is 404-919-2725. So I I guess I, I say all that to say that, like, I probably get a little colder than the average person does anyway. But still... We're addicted to air conditioning. There's no doubt about it. No doubt about it. 
But traffic today just drove me nuts. And it just, it really ticks me off that the route that I had to take to go where I had to go and show houses, all in Fulton County, and we're underserved by MARTA. And bless them, they're going to try with some of this bus rapid transit. But buses contribute to the fossil fuel burning as well, because they're not rolling out all electric buses. I don't even know where I was going with this first segment of the show today. I just came in in like a foul mood because I had to drive around in traffic today and look at the smoggy air. And it, like I said, it's not horrible here, but I woke up this morning and uh, from my balcony on the seventh floor of the building I live in, I can see the Buckhead skyline most days. I, I could barely see it today. And it wasn't because it was cloudy or foggy. It was a perfectly, mostly sunny start to the day. I could barely make out the Midtown buildings. Again, perfectly clearish, sunny, mostly blue sky day. I could barely make out the Midtown towers. And I can almost always see them with complete clarity. The Buckhead skyline, it was it was like a hint of it was there. Like you could tell that there are buildings there, but I could barely make them out. I remember what the summer was like during uh, COVID when we were all sheltering in place and nobody was driving to work. And do you remember what that was like too? I mean, I I just never seen such clear skies, such clear air. It was, it was as mother nature was taking a sigh of relief. <sighs> You're giving me a break. Okay. Okay. We're good. And it was. The air just seemed cleaner that year. And now we have people who are still wearing masks in public. And I'm starting to think, you know what? Maybe on these smoggy days, maybe I should too. And there are those on the right who are mock- what? It- I'm trying to remember which right-wing blowhard was going off about the face diaper. A face diaper? Was it Lauren Pobert? It was somebody... Somebody inconsequential, intellectually speaking. Yeah, face diaper. A face diaper. But I I feel like a day like today might be a good day to wear an N95 mask to filter the particles in the air out. And I'm not even sure that Major League Baseball canceled the games they did in New York and Philadelphia last night so much for visibility as much as they did because their players may have said, I'm not going out and exerting myself in that air. I have to breathe heavily. I have to exert energy and breathe heavily to compete. And I'm just not doing it. Kudos to them if that's the stance they took. I'm sitting here totally going off the cuff. I could have researched all of this. I could have said, "Uh, Ron, why don't you go and see why Major League Baseball decided to cancel that game? But I mean, When you see the photos you see from the northeastern part of the United States, it's not hard to understand. It's bad. It's real bad. And again, this isn't one of those things where we can just rail on Canada. Take care of your forest. Well, duh, we should all take care of our forests. But we should all take care of Mother Earth too, right? It's the only planet we got to live on, y'all. It's the only planet. What did I see? Like by the 2030s, there's an article. By the 2030s, 
there's going to be no more sea ice in the Arctic. And those on the right like to blow that up. Well, that's just cyclical, right? Um, is it? Saw this from ProPublica the other day. Climate change is remapping where humans can exist on the planet. As optimum conditions shift away from the equator and toward the poles, more than 600 million people have already been stranded outside of a crucial environmental niche that scientists say best supports life. By late this century, according to a study published last month in the journal Nature Sustainability, three to six billion people, or between a third and half of humanity, could be trapped outside of that zone, facing extreme heat, food scarcity, and higher death rates unless emissions are sharply curtailed or mass migration is accommodated. Well, we know how Americans feel about mass migration. And damn it, even here in Atlanta, a blue city in a blue section of the state, we're all about tearing down a forest to build a police training facility. More on show after this on the American One Radio app, AmericanOneRadio.com, or wherever you podcast. Welcome back to the Ron Show, Thursday, June. Where's today's day? Totally lost track of the days of the month. It's the eighth. The eighth day of Pride Month, too, by the way. And I know I said I was going to give you guys a Pride Nugget every day, and then yesterday I got, uh, what did I get? I got bamboozled a little bit, sideswiped by the breaking news that... Uh, Homeland Security and the FBI said, uh, this domestic terror designation you guys are using to arrest people in Atlanta? We didn't. We, there's no such thing. So I had to go with that, unfortunately. And then today, I awaken, we all awaken, to the news that Pat Robertson, the 700 Club uh, personality, reverend, former presidential candidate, had passed away. And I'm not a tap dance on tombstones kind of guy because someone listening may have loved Pat Robertson. Okay. I'm not going to eulogize the guy, but I'm going to remember a few things about Pat Robertson that stuck to my mind that may not may not wind up in his obituary, right? And I can't help but notice he passed away in June, Pride Month. We are talking, get mad at me if you want, but we are talking about the guy who used to surmise that hurricanes and earthquakes uh, came to our shores or our lands because we were embracing gay culture. We let gay people marry, et cetera, and so on. So here's how I'm going to remember Pat Robertson. This is Mary who says my Sunday school class was asked to give transportation for a man from a nursing home to Sunday services because, quote, his elderly father could not drive anymore. I drove him 20 plus times over several months. I found out two weeks ago he's dying of AIDS. I think those driving him should have been told his diagnosis in a private way. A few people in church knew. I did not. I feel deceived. What if we had had an accident? Did someone have a moral obligation to tell the drivers the truth? I haven't been back to church since I found out. I'm going somewhere else until I sort this out. You know, I must confess, I, I, I don't know all the ramifications of infection with AIDS. I used to think it was transmitted by saliva and other things. Now they say it may be sexual contact. So, By the way, this clip was from 2013, not 1994. What uh, you want to say if you're driving an elderly man who's got AIDS, don't have sex with him. But uh, that's a little too simplistic. 
unless there's a cut or some bodily fluid transmission, mm -hmm. I, I think you're not going to catch it. But it's a horrible thing. And yeah. I, I, I don't know what to say. There, there are laws now. I think the homosexual community has put these draconian laws on the books that prohibit people from discussing this particular affliction. And I believe that was the last time he was on the air because a SWAT team came in and arrested him for just speaking about, well, you know, what he was talking about. Of course, that didn't really happen. Somebody got a heart attack, you can tell them they've got high blood pressure, but you can't tell anybody they've got AIDS. Um, so I don't know, you see, you didn't catch anything, so keep going to church and praise the Lord. I actually think Pat Robertson is or was confusing HIPAA laws. There are patient privacy laws. You got any thoughts on that? Well, you know, I, I think you were doing a good thing by transporting this man. I have yeah. known many people with AIDS and have never felt fearful, mm -hmm. you know, of a scenario like this. I guess I think even if you'd had a car accident. Here's where it gets crazy. You know I what mean, they do in uh, San Francisco, some of the gay community, they, uh -oh. they want to get people. So if they've got the stuff people? they'll have a ring you shake hands and the ring's got a little thing where you cut your finger really yeah really i mean it's that kind of vicious stuff which would be the equivalent of murder his poor co-hostess when she said really that was his out no not really i'm just kidding i'm a kooky old guy who hears a lot of crazy stuff on tv shows crazier than the one i host oh my gosh he blamed 9-11 on gay people and abortion. He said that Haitians deserved the earthquake in 2010 because they'd made a pact with the devil. He blamed Hurricane Katrina, again, on abortion. Have we found we are unable somehow to defend ourselves against some of the attacks that are coming against us, either by terrorists or now by natural disaster? Could they be connected, he'd say. <laughs> we were just talking about climate change and our climate crisis rising temperatures and rampant pollution that's not what's causing all of these natural disasters nope it's because timmy and trevor like each other like like each other way back in 1990 many of those people involved with adolf hitler were satanists many of them were homosexuals those two things seem to go together anyhow televangelist pat robertson founder of the Christian Broadcasting Network, passing away today at the age of 93. So anyhow, for lunch, I had the most amazing gyro. There is this little gyro, I say shop, because it's not a diner, it's not a cafe. You can't sit there, well, you can sit there and eat. There's two picnic tables in the parking lot at the street corner off MLK, where uh, Nick's Food to go sits near Memorial, right off of I-20. You take the Hill Street, I guess it's Hill Street, yeah, MLK and Hill. There you go, where Nick's Food to Go exists. And I'd heard wonderful things about these Euros before because the neighbor who told me about it, she said, I'm a little scarred by the place because the guy that runs the place is a little bit like the soup Nazi. See, Pat, you made me think of, Nazis, and it got me to thinking of euros. And man, these euros are incredible. If you're in Atlanta, go to Nick's Food to Go. I'm not even paid to endorse this stuff. Although, if Nick's Food to Go wants to, I don't know, let me have lunch for free once a week, oh my God, it'd be incredible. I would be huge. Actually, these are pretty healthy, right? Lamb meat's like lean and healthy, isn't it? And there's lots of 
vegetables on the, it's delicious the most delicious euro i think i've ever had and i love euros ever since the old euro wrap in the augusta mall with the curly fry love me some euros so nick's food to go completely unassuming two picnic tables outside that's the only place you can eat the neighbor said that the guy that ran the place was kind of like the soup nazi remember him from seinfeld and he, uh, maybe he was off maybe it's his son that's running the place now or something i don't know I had a pretty pleasant experience ordering my euro, waiting for it just a few minutes, getting it in the bag. I got a Greek salad with it. Did I have the Greek salad or did I put it in the fridge? No, I had it. Um, anyway, fantastic. Next food to go. That's the takeaway on this segment. If you want the best euro in the city of Atlanta, you got to go to Nick's Food to Go. I'm, just tell them Ron sent you. They'll go, who? I'll, I'll remind them when I go back. Oh, yeah, I, I told some people about your euros. And they'll go, who? <laughs> anyway, Nick's food to go, corner of MLK and Hill. You're going to love that Euro. That's the takeaway. That's what you should remember from this entire segment. More Ron Show after this on the America One Radio app, AmericaOneRadio.com, or wherever you podcast. Broadcasting five days a week to make common sense common again. This is the Ron Show on America One Radio. I know some of you are maybe shaking your head going, man, Ron. You went in on Pat Robertson like on the day he died. Can't you praise the man? Oh, sure. January 7th, 2021. This was, this was an odd moment where Pat Robertson actually spoke the truth. There was a madness yesterday, and it came on Donald Trump. And people had been hoping and hoping he had his... His own people in the Senate all ready to fight for him. Congress Mm -hmm. was ready. Ted Cruz was ready. And so what does Trump do? He goes crazy. And he he urges his his huge crowd that came to Washington to support him to take a march on the Capitol. And suddenly there may have been some ringers that went into that group as well. We don't know if there was some people as well but oh, it, it, they took over the capital they 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 uh, they invaded the offices and and yeah. just did horrible thing yeah. and um, instead of supporting him now the people who were all lined up to to have a hearing on every one of those voter fraud claims uh, was no longer able to do anything they 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 couldn't wait to vote against him and you, you think also he went down into Georgia in that close election and told people the Republican governor was crooked, was fraudulent. The secretary of state was fraudulent, who's a Republican, was fraudulent. And he said, your votes won't count. And so he suppressed the vote in Georgia in those Republican areas that was so important. And so the two uh, senators, went down in defeat in Georgia. Madness. Let's give Pat Robertson his due there, all right? There. Speaking of men of faith, Mike Pence had his moment to shine on a CNN town hall. Oh, by the way, RIP Chris Lick, too. See you, buddy. Uh, Mike Pence had his opportunity to shine before his supporter at a CNN town hall, Dana Bash. Uh, hosting that. And we get word yesterday that the Department of Justice sent a letter to Trump and his lawyers. And, you know, the insinuation, indictments are coming soon. So uh, Dana wanted to ask, 
Trump's former vice president, Mike Pence, his thoughts on that. Tonight, the Justice Department recently informed Donald Trump's legal team that he is a target of a federal investigation into possibly mishandling classified documents. I should say you were cleared last week uh, in your own documents case. What's your reaction to the news about your former boss? Well, let me say the, the handling of classified materials is a very serious matter. And that was why after the revelations uh, at the president's residence and the revelations at the former president's residence, I, I took it upon myself to review our files. And uh, uh, we uncovered a, a small number of documents that had been inadvertently transferred to our residence in Indiana. I immediately informed the Department of Justice and uh, uh, I, I'm grateful after our full cooperation that they concluded that it was an innocent full mistake. Cooperation. Do you see his case as different? But let me say this. Look, I, I, I don't know the facts of the president's case. Um, I, I don't know the facts of the former president's case. Um, and, um, but what we've got to have in this country is equal treatment under the law. Okay. Um, and Dana, you may not know that. I mean, I, I was very troubled last summer when, when for the first time in history, there was a search warrant executed at the home of a former president of the United States. Surely, you know all the years I served on the Judiciary Committee. That's when you and I first met. I, there had to be dozens of ways that could have been handled other than that kind of behavior. I mean, when I informed the Department of Justice that we had classified materials potentially in our home, they were at my home. The FBI was on my front doorstep the next day. But isn't what the we found out was that when Joe Biden apparently alerted the Department of Justice, 80 days later, but sir, they showed up at his office. That's not equal treatment. Sir. But how many times did the archives folks try to get this stuff from Donald Trump? It's not like the Biden administration was fighting anybody or even you. Former Vice President Mike Pence, we're fighting anybody to hold on to this stuff or trying to hide it. Under the law, Sir, and I we've got to end. I understand you're talking about equal treatment. Congrats on getting the, the applause. Is allegation that an investigation into obstruction, which you clearly did not do, if that is uh, something that investigators see mm -hmm. as possible, even enough potentially to indict the former president, uh, do you think that that should go forward? Remember now, this is the vice president of the United States under Donald Trump, and they were the law and order party. Well, I would, I would hope not. Oh. I, I really would, Dan. Oh. I mean, there's several reasons for that. Number one is I think it... I think it would be terribly divisive to the country. So what? I mean, at a time when the American people are hurting, I mean to tell you, families are struggling right now. Hang on. I'm sorry. Divisive? Oh, okay, so what? We, we have to stop and think for just a minute. First of all, MAGA America is not half the country. Not even close. It's not even a third of the country. It might be 20-ish, 25% at most. And I think even that is a bit much. Like, I'm actually giving credit to the GOP. The 40, 42% of the country that might be dyed-in-the-wool Republican. I'm saying most of y'all aren't MAGA. Divisive? Divisive is perpetuating 
the sort of things that are wedge issues in this country. Divisive is attacking the LGBTQ+. Divisive, 2004. Marriage amendments all over the ballots. GOP didn't mind that kind of divisiveness. Divisive is perpetuating stereotypes and uh, turning a blind eye to the over-policing and disparities, the judicial and uh, law enforcement disparities that are causes for divisiveness. But going after his old boss, someone high up the food chain in the GOP, why, why is it you're the law and order party until the law that's broken bringing disorder potentially to the entire country? You don't want to enforce the repercussions. I'm sorry. You can't have it both ways. You can't be blue lives matter when the disparate hand of justice comes down on the neck with the boot on the person of color. But you're going to let the mango menace walk because, well, he's a powerful guy with, you know, a lot of influence. Influence enough to send people to, to a building they're not supposed to occupy to erect guillotines to come and get you? Mike Pence, what is your problem, man? All right, let me let him continue here. With record inflation, we have a, we have a crisis at our board of elections. Hang on, inflation's actually going down the last 10 months. Sorry to break that to you. He's the one Republican, I guess, even talking about the economy right now. And, of course, he's lying about it, but nonetheless, here we go. Back to the border. We've never seen. We have a flood of fentanyl coming into every city, large and small, in this country that's killing young people every day. We have threats abroad, a crime wave in our cities. I okay, the fentanyl crisis is not from a flood of immigrants bringing fentanyl. Most of the fentanyl that comes into this country comes in on the backs of Americans. Sorry, VP Pence. Um, crime in the major cities is actually down since 2020 and has been trending down for the last three decades. Yeah, the, the, the MAGA myths are out there and they continue to perpetuate themselves in their little echo chamber. But the truth just does not permeate that bubble. So we have to continue reminding ourselves what is fact versus their MAGA fiction. I think now more than ever, we ought to be finding ways we could actually come and together. Sir, I, we're going to get and to this kind of, of this kind of... See, yeah, Dana, please, yes. Dana, step in and say, what the hell does this have to do with Donald Trump potentially breaking the law? If he broke the law, should law and order come down hard on him or at all? You can, we can walk and chew gum. You want to solve these other issues? That's what the hell does this have to do with Donald Trump? Dana, continue. By the Department of Justice, I think would only fuel uh, further division in the country. And let no, me also say, I think it would also send a terrible message to the wider world. I mean, we're the, we're the emblem of democracy. We're the. We're not the emblem of democracy. And the terrible message we'd be sending around the world is if we let this guy off is if you're powerful enough or you've held office, law and order doesn't mean shit in this country. Democracy. D you know what? Democracy actually won today when, shock of all shocks, the 6-3 majority conservative Supreme Court said Alabama's congressional lines are ridiculously gerrymandered. 
why are y'all taking the power of the vote away from black and brown people? I, too, am stunned. Brett Kavanaugh must have had a little suds before. I, I don't know. I, what else can you do? I can understand John Roberts a bit because he's been a bit of a maverick since he's made it to the Supreme Court. Brett Kavanaugh, did you see that coming? I didn't see that coming, but kudos. Send that man a Guinness. Okay, Pence, back to you, buddy. ...of justice in the world and the, the, the serious matter, which has already happened once in New York, of indicting a former president of the United States sends a terrible message to the world. I hope the DOJ thinks better of it and resolves these issues without an indictment. Sir, I just... I just don't get it. I don't think that's what she was going to say. I'm saying I don't I don't get it. I don't get it. This message to the world, the message to the world that we need to be worried about is actually promoting democracy by giving it a proper example. As the, God, I can't believe I'm saying this, Supreme Court said. Now, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I don't think they're going to go through and eliminate gerrymandering. I mean, they had a chance to do that uh, a session or two ago, and they didn't. But, I mean, there's hope, right? Is there hope that maybe when the case is laid before them and it's open and shut, that they do the right thing? North Carolina, are you watching? You're up next. Georgia, by the way, there are ramifications potentially here in Georgia with our own map. A map, by the way, that doesn't reflect the fact that this is a purple state. I mean, maybe it's purplish red. But if we have 14 districts, shouldn't we have at least six that are blue at least we don't i mean we're only off by one but this is not a nine to five split state this is not a what does that come up to math wise y'all gonna make me math this is not a 64 36 state that's what that's what nine versus five comes out to it's not it's uh, again giving the benefit of the doubt that maybe this is a purplish red state an 8-6 split makes a lot more sense, doesn't it? Okay, okay, okay. Back to Mike Pence. I just want to clarify what you're saying is that if they believe he committed a crime, they should not go forward with an indictment. Great. You just talked before about Quest. committing to the rule of law. Let yes. me be clear that no yes. one's above the law. Okay. Except. But with regard to the unique circumstances ah. here, it, look, I... I those classified, I had no business having classified documents in my residence, and I took full responsibility for it. President Biden had no business having them in his residence from when he was vice president as well. And the same with former President Trump. But I, I would just hope that uh, there would be a way for them to move forward without the dramatic and drastic and divisive step of indicting a former president of the United States. We've got to find a way to move our country forward and, and restore confidence in equal treatment under the law in this country. Essentially, what Mike Pence is trying to say is, ah, let's just move on. Let's, why look back? <laughs> don't you wish, don't you wish if you committed some, just a speeding ticket, you go to court and you'd be like, eh, I mean, maybe I did it, maybe I didn't, but that was two weeks ago. Can't we just move forward? We've all learned from our mistakes, right, Judge? Come on. If OJ was at trial, and, well, you know, not only do these gloves, they're, they're kind of tight, but also that was so 
months ago. That was so last summer. Can't we just look forward? Donald Trump is not president of the United States anymore and does not, therefore, have the power of the executive office. He is not immune to prosecution anymore. He is a former president. The fact that a current president is even shielded from prosecution, to me, is kind of galling, something we really should be reviewing. There's two things that we need, three things we need to look at, gerrymandering being one of them. The other being oversight of the Supreme Court. And by the way, there's precedent for that. But also, the, the, the executive privilege that the president of the United States has, if he breaks a law, he breaks a law. I mean, if, if he had shot a man in broad daylight in New York, would anybody prosecute Donald Trump or go, well, he's president, what are we going to do? Insanity, man. Insanity. He did, by the way, I'll give him this credit. He did whiff on blanket immunity for all the January 6th folks. Because if you threaten to kill somebody, you're going to lose some favor with them. Back after this. Final segment of the Ron Show for Thursday. So I told you earlier, there may be repercussions in Georgia after the Supreme Court ruled that Alabama's congressional map is gerrymandered AF. Greg Bluestein, Tia Mitchell, Mark Neese at the AJC reporting on this. Uh, court was expected by some experts to weaken the Voting Rights Act, but instead, it's 5-4 ruling Thursday found Alabama's GOP-controlled legislature likely violated the law when it drew a map with one majority black seat out of seven congressional districts. The ruling will be considered an ongoing lawsuit over Georgia's redistricting, which resulted in Republicans gaining a U.S. House seat in last year's elections. Nice quote here from a Georgia State University law professor, Anthony Michael Kreese. Uh, he said it's now more likely for courts to rule that Georgia legislatures, uh, legislators also run afoul. It seems, by all accounts, that this decision from the Supreme Court today has greenlit that litigation to go forward, and it's very likely that they're going to have to redraw our districts here in Georgia to comply with the Voting Rights Act. Fascinating. Uh, the article continues, a judge could decide later this year whether Georgia's congressional maps, including the new 6th district currently held by Republican Representative Rich McCormick, illegally diluted black voting strength. Previously, the district was represented by Representative Lucy McBath, who now holds office in the neighboring 7th district after she unseated a fellow Democrat, Carolyn Bordeaux, in a primary. See, there's the 6-8 right there. That right there is the... Georgia has five Democrats in the House of Representatives. There's the sixth. Carolyn Bordeaux and Lucy McBath were both in the House of Representatives at the same time until new maps came out. And lo and but wouldn't you know it, the GOP General Assembly managed to get rid of one of them. Funny how that works, right? It's 2023 and we still let human beings draw maps. At the county level, school board seats even. At the even the city level, aldermen, city council, they're all we're, we're we're having human beings do this when <laughs> we have AI literally making TV and radio commercials for us. Have you seen the commercial by the way? The the the, the hunger commercial. Every time I'm watching the Braves on Valley, there's that one public service announcement. I think the Ad Council rolled out this AI generated woman whose face continues to morph into different people. Like we have AI doing that. But, but human beings are drawing political maps still. Make it make sense. Make it make sense.
Anyway, be interesting to watch uh, as future litigation targets Georgia's congressional maps. And we know this is happening in North Carolina. We know that there have been issues in Virginia as well. I'm sure, I'm sure that there are many states that, and maybe even some that are blue. I, I've said all along, gerrymandering is a cancer on democracy, and I don't care what state gets away with it, it's got to be done away with. The Supreme Court had a chance to do that and whiffed on it. I disagree wholeheartedly with the majority. That is not part of a representative democracy in this country. It's, it, in fact, it's, it's cancerous. It's, it's, antith- it's, it's antithetical to what representative democracy actually is. Draw the damn maps, reformulate them every 10 years as needed by population shifts, but not by demographic shifts so that we have equal representation. That every person doesn't have to worry about being chosen by a congressperson, but instead getting to have a, it, 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 have a say in, in who represents us in, in the halls of Congress. I want to say that there are two of 14, did we say this last fall? Two or 14 districts in the state of Georgia were deemed competitive. Two of 14. It should never be like that. It should never be like that. And I'm not saying that they all have to be competitive because I get it. Northwest Georgia, Marjorie's district, there's no hope for that. You just, it is what it is. They're going to get what they get. We're going to get what they get. Northeast Georgia, it is what it is. So much of Metro Atlanta is deep blue. It is what it is. I get that. You, you, you have to just, you have to draw the maps where the population makes sense. And you know what else you got to do? You got to uncap the house. Have you heard me go off on this before? Got to uncap the house. We're at 435 in the House of Representatives. We've been at that since the 1930s. Why? Why? The population of the country has nearly tripled. Why are we stopped at 435? That means that our voice has been diluted. Our power at the ballot box has been diluted by about a third. Our vote for who represents us in the House of Representatives has about a third of the power as it did for our ancestors in the 1930s. Why are we capping at 435? Why do we stop there? And and how does that, by the way, affect who wins the White House? Well, because the Electoral College is a number factored by the number of senators and the number of House of Representative Congress folks we have per state, California's capped. California can't have any more representation than it has in Congress, despite the fact that I believe California is 66 times as populous as Wyoming, but only has 18 times the representation. So you think our voting power has been diluted. If you're a Californian, it's even worse. And it's not just California. It's New York, it's Illinois. I believe Texas is even kind of jilted a little bit when it comes to Disparities in ballot box power when it comes to representing uh, our, our, our voice in the electoral process for the presidency. That's why, despite winning, is it seven of the last eight popular votes for U.S. president? Despite winning seven of the last eight, our Supreme Court has a 6-3 conservative majority thanks to 2000 and 2016. 2000 and 2016. Those two elections gave the GOP 
12 years of presidencies that the will of the people did not ask for. Some folks will push back and say, well, now we don't know that George W. Bush wouldn't have won in 2004. Well, he wouldn't have been president in 2004. And again, seven of the last eight popular votes have gone the other way. Why would we think that that one that didn't isn't the anomaly in there? Anyway, that's just some food for thought. I've actually run over a little bit, so I'm going to wrap this thing up. Thanks for listening to The Ron Show. We are back here tomorrow, 5 to 6 p.m. on the America One Radio app at americaoneradio.com and wherever you podcast. And you can listen to past episodes at ronshowetl.com on the podcast link. See you tomorrow. Hey, don't just listen to The Ron Show. Support The Ron Show. If you and your business would like to have your advertising done on this show, you know, it's pretty easy. You can drop me an email, ron at ronshowetl.com. You can also call me anytime you like, 404-919-2725. You can also just be a listener if you don't have a business. I mean, that would be most of you, right? Follow us on your preferred podcast platform by following any of the links we've got provided for you there on the podcast tab at ronshowatl.com. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, links there for you as well.